1: 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our special guest this hour is Stu Miller. Stu is from the organisation Train to Proclaim. A heart-to-heart conversation this hour, uh, spilling the beans on what it is to be a person who's a Christian who likes to evangelise. And maybe if you don't like to evangelise, how do you get to a point where you do like to evangelise? We're talking about Lone Ranger evangelists to this hour and our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to participate in our conversation. Stu Miller from Train to Proclaim, great to have you back. Thank you, Neil. It's good to be back, Stu. When I say we're going to have a heart-to-heart conversation about evangelists and evangelism today, uh, this is a necessary thing, isn't it? Because sometimes when we think of the local church, the church, we think that uh, that somehow rather, uh, you know, lots of churches have got it all together, and if someone's a gifted evangelist, well, they're in the right place and they feel mm-hmm. good about what they're doing, and everybody can see that that's their gift and they they fit into church
0: life. But it's not always the case. Definitely not always the case, yeah there's uh probably I would say the majority of evangelists aren't fitting into the local church and and that's a bit of a crisis really uh, I mean where are the evangelists uh, you know we, let a, me le- ask you uh, where <laughs> are the evangelists <laughs> well um if you look at ephesians four eleven and twelve where it says, and he himself called some to be apostles some- pa- uh, prophets, some uh, evangelists, some pastors and teaching. For teachers for the equipping of the saints for the works of ministry. So just I guess we need to define what evangelist is to begin with. It's not just someone who shares the gospel. So that really should be everyone, because we're all commanded to share the gospel, all commanded to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. It was Jesus' last words before he left earth. But there is a, a gift of evangelists to the church, a, a, an office or a role of evangelist, like pastor and apostle and, and prophet and teacher, uh, where they, the evangelist is supposed to be equipping the saints for the works of ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of pe- evangelists around actually equipping people on how to share the gospel. All right. Well, let me ask you about
1: those people who are specifically gifted in that office of evangelism. Uh, Are those people being left out uh, of what perhaps most local churches tend to do with this issue of evangelism? Is it the fact that while we look at those uh, scriptures there in Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, and, uh, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists... Pastors and teachers that somehow or other, because we tend only to uh, recognize pastors in so many local churches, that, mm. that evangelists are left out on the sidelines.
0: Well, definitely pastors is the most recognized of the fivefold ministry, and, and they tend to be the one that hold roles and paid roles in churches. Um, <clears throat> but evangelists, you know, uh, often people can see someone's got a passion for sharing the gospel, passion for, for seeing the church rise up. And these people really want to actually uh, raise Christians up to share the gospel. They don't want to just do it all on their own, but they often feel so disenfranchised with the church, so sidelined, so um, pushed away that they end up just going and doing it themselves. They become a lone ranger in a, in a sense, and then they get blamed for being a r- lone ranger. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, churches have got a huge potential to influence their communities for Christ, and and pastors really want to see the gospel guide into their community. They really do. They've got a deep desire to see people come to know the Lord. And evangelists have got that exactly the same desire. So the question has to be: Why are pastors and evangelists not working together? Uh, you know, when they've got the same heart and goal. Well, I suspect
1: that some people might think it's the job of the pastor uh, to do the job of the evangelist. And, uh, yeah. and I, you know, I, I guess uh, anyone who's the leader of their local church probably feels as though they have to be across all these different levels of gifting, uh, yes. but people are not necessarily seeing the evangelist as a separate type of gifting, a separate type of office holder in the church. Sure. And so therefore it just comes under the, you know, it's in the job description of the senior pastor.
0: That's right. Often uh, with churches, when particularly when there's only one staff employed, that, uh, that that minister, that pastor feels that they've got to do everything. You know, there, there isn't five people in all, all the five-fold ministry all employed and they're all in their own areas. It's one person and they've got it. wow, I've got to do everything. And often a pastor is a lot more pastoral hearted and so cares about the needs of, of the people in the flock, you know, the people in the church, which is absolutely necessary and and they should be doing. But um, as far as reaching out and having that vision and come on, church, we need to reach our community. We've got to go beyond this. We've got to learn how to communicate the gospel more effectively. That often isn't happening.
1: Well, the plot thickens here because sometimes that gifted evangelist actually becomes the pastor and uh, and that creates its own set of uh, issues because... (laughs) <laughs> Oftentimes the evangelist is not very caring in that pastoral sense
0: that we all hope our our pastor is. That's right. Yeah, there are a, a few churches around that do have evangelists that lead the church, and they're often very go-getters, very entrepreneurial. Come on, let's do this! They got vision, they got passion. They but you know they they need good people around them, pastoral people around them, to pick up the pieces uh, because often they don't have that same sort of care and support that a pastor would have. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, either way, it's got its own problems, hasn't it? Uh,
1: when we get very cookie-cutter, uh, you know, this is the way the leader of the church is supposed to be. Uh, yes. We expect them to have all of these different giftings all under control, but uh, it's not necessarily the case. It's not necessarily the expectation when we look at those biblical foundations of uh, who leads the church, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers That's for right. the equipping of the saints. So let's talk some more about this evangelist and come into what we've been talking about in the lead-up to our conversation, this whole idea of the Lone Ranger uh, evangelist. It's because sometimes the evangelist doesn't feel like they fit into uh, the model in their local church that they off doing their own thing. Is that, is that the case, the Lone
0: Ranger? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've spent quite a lot of time speaking with other evangelists, and um, I meet them out on the street, and I talk with them, and I seem to hear the same sort of things. These are some of the things that I hear from evangelists. That my, my church doesn't support me. My pastor hasn't got them behind me. You know the the church doesn't care about evangelism. I'm am better off without the church. It's it's too discouraging to be there. Uh, some of them don't even go to church anymore. Mm. I mean, many I've found. You know, that don't don't they're out witnessing on the street and they don't even have a local church. They've left church, uh, which I find just an, an unbelievable. Um, they think that the church has lost their way. You know, it doesn't care about the lost. It just cares about itself. You know, they 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 think that pastors just want bums on seats, so they don't challenge anyone to take up their cross and and to uh, to leave church and go down the road to people who, who you know need the gospel. Uh, you know, people uh, evangelists often often don't get opportunities in the church to promote evangelism either. You know, from the pulpit, they don't get an opportunity to preach. Now there's a number of reasons for that <laughs> but these are just some of the things that I hear from evangelists and some of the frustrations and and as a result of that you know answering that question where is the evangelist often they're out on their own they're, they're just going out doing it because they got frustrated with the church and just all right, I'm just going to do it myself.
1: I did say we were going to have a heart-to-heart conversation about this, and uh, I guess we've already started to air some dirty laundry in the sense of what happens in a lot of local churches. Now, not every church is going to be like this, uh, and we might talk about churches that do have a great uh, recognition of different gifts like this, Mm. but, uh, but when we start to talk about these things and say, well, hang on, one of the most essential parts of the church feels like it doesn't fit, Mm. Uh, what are we going to say? Whose fault is this? I mean, are we going to ascribe blame? Is that a healthy thing to even ascribe blame if we're talking about this heart to heart? I guess we've got to say, well, uh, who's at fault?
0: Well, I'm not necessarily saying that anyone's at fault because I also, you know, I run a lot of uh, seminars and churches. That's what I do full time. Um, so I'm always talking with pastors as well. Yep. <laughs> and I get their side of it, you know, and it's not just a one sided thing where the evangelists are getting a you know such a bad run and the churches are all against them and the pastors don't like them and all this sort of thing there's there's reasons for that <laughs> some of the things that i hear from pastors is this these sort of things you know i'd love to see more outreach in the community but unfortunately the ones in our church that have a passion for this put other people off and cause more problems than it's worth Okay. Some some say look you know I I'd, I'd like to have more evangelists you know specialist evangelist trainers come in to the church but these traveling evangelists they come in like a whirlwind you know they stir everything up and then they go and it's me who's got to pick up all the pieces afterwards you know some uh, pastors feel judged by evangelists you know for not not promoting evangelism more which creates this sort of rift between them you know and an unhealthy relationship between them and, uh, you know, some evangelists are very forceful and inappropriate in the way that they, you know, try to get people involved. And, and uh, you know, so pastors sort of try to hold them at arm's length and try to avoid too much involvement with them in, in protecting the people, you know, because they know it can cause problems. Um you know, some pastors have been burnt out too many times. Evangelists have promised the world, you know, they've come in and let's do this big outreach and they've pulled, the church has poured masses of money and into this outreach and then it seems to have very little fruit at the end of the day or it's caused some problems. And so there, there are some reasons why pastors, you know, have problems with evangelists as well. And I think... Uh, rather than saying, well, is it healthy to, to assign blame? I, I'm not so, so sure it's healthy to assign blame, but I think we've got to actually talk about this. We've got to say, look, what's going on? You know, there's, there's not a lot of evangelism going on in the church, there's very little equipping for sharing the gospel for evangelism going on in the church. Where are the evangelists? What's happened to them? Let's let's talk about it. Let's see how we can work, the, have, have the pastor and the evangelist and other members of the community uh, in Christ and, and the church work together to solve this problem because it really is a crisis.
1: Well, I want to invite our listeners into the conversation. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. A heart-to-heart conversation now. You can be involved in this. You might have your thoughts on what ought to be happening in local churches when it comes to uh, this big issue, this is a big issue. We are called to evangelize, to take the gospel to uh, every creature, uh, to make disciples of nations. Uh, how are we going to do that if we don't actually have a coordinated evangelism approach? Uh, you might like to be part of our conversation. The talkback line is open. 1-800-316-316. 1-800-316-316. What do you think about Lone Ranger evangelists or Uh, We could even extend that. What do you think about Lone Ranger Christians? Because sometimes Lone Ranger ordinary individuals uh, think they can do it all on their own and uh, they're not connected. Uh, We are supposed to be a part of what we talk about as the body of Christ uh, how does it all work together let me just bring you back to this illustration of the body of Christ Stu, because mm-hmm. evangelists are part of the body of Christ sure. not everybody is going to be an evangelist but we're all part of some area of uh, responsibility that all supposed to work together
0: absolutely and i think you know you know with the model of only one person at the head being paid you know we're talking about before whether that's a pastor or an evangelist or, or whatever office they hold if uh, w- that as a leader, they've got to be able to, you know, empower people in their church with these other four uh, of the fivefold ministry giftings to be able to equip people in their church. So if if an evangelist is at the helm, they've got to empower pastoral people to get around and look after people. They've got to uh, inspire a teacher to get, to teach the word. They've got to inspire these other. Fivefold ministry, and likewise with the pastor. And often uh, we can be very navel-gazing as a church. We can become very insular, very inward-looking because we have a pastor at at the helm of the the church, you know, which is caring for the people, but not really reaching out. But I think it's the responsibility of that pastor to say, "Look, you know, this is this is my gifting, but I need to empower people in my church to actually equip the saints for the works of ministry, and I need an evangelist to do that. I want to be looking out." for each one of these fivefold ministry to involve them in uh, the church and to to do what I can't do.
1: We are talking about the pitfalls of the Lone Ranger Evangelist. 1-800-316-316 is our number, our talkback line open. Let's hear from Bruce in Adelaide. Hello, Bruce. Welcome along to 2020. Yes, thank you. It's good to be on, on the show. Bruce, what's your contribution to our conversation this hour?
2: Um, well, I am an evangelist. I've had an evangelistic calling for many years. I've served as a pastor in, in a church for about 10, 15 years. Um, ended up um, resigning as pastor because I wanted to get back out and evangel- evangelise. Um, you there? Yep, you're yep. still here. I- that's all right. Uh, yep. And, um, so now I've, uh, you know, but like God has really been good in the fact that He has placed me within a local church that accepts my gifting, understands my gifting. But at the same time, I do go out on the streets and I see many of these Lone Ranger evangelists. Um, and I, I, I love their passion. I love what they're doing. Um, and it would be great to see them filter back into the churches. Um, mm, because, yeah, so out there out on your own is very difficult um, and look one thing I've started doing when I can and it's and and look it's a hard job is I've actually t- taken pastors and introduced them to some of these evangelists um, because these evangelists that are out on the streets that's actually being hurt because their gifting doesn't fit in and they feel that the pastor doesn't care and I find if we can get some of the pastors to actually go with the evangelists out onto the streets and meet some of these other Lone Ranger evangelists. It says a lot to those evangelists themselves.
0: That's fantastic, Bruce. It's so good to hear uh, what you're doing there because this is a crisis. You, you've seen it like I have out on the streets. Many people who are at lone rangers, not connected with the church. And you know, how do we bridge that gap between pastors and evangelists? And you've just brought in one key, uh, making an introduction.
2: Yeah. Um, it really needs to be done. The pastors need to realise that they need the evangelists, but at the same time, the evangelists needs to realise that they need the pastors. You know,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah.
2: I look at the Ephesians four giftings, and I think you know essentially they're gifts for the church. Mm. And why does the church want to operate with a with a gift that God has given it, but they don't want that gift? Mm. You know, surely the church doesn't operate successfully with only one of those gifts, or only three of those gifts. We need all five of those gifts for a, for a fruitful church.
0: Mm. Absolutely. I mean, we can't can't sort of uh, have have one part of the body not there. You know, not having eyes or not having ears or you oh, that's know.
2: right. Well, well, we you need know, to work body, together, don't we? Yeah. You know, the body is disabled without a part. Basically, that's what it boils down to. You know, that's right. Um, and I understand the frustration of the evangelist, and I'd like to say if there's some of those. Lone range, uh, lone range Evangelist listening, I do understand your, 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 your frustration, but please don't give up on the church. The church needs you.
1: <laughs> Bruce, let me ask you about your church there. You're in Adelaide and you're a part of a church. You say you used to be a pastor. Now you're functioning in your area of gifting as an evangelist and you've found a place, you're accepted, people recognize you and they're responding to your area of gifting. Uh, can you describe how your relationship with the senior pastor is at the present time?
2: Well, you know, I was I was a senior pastor in a country area in, in South Australia. I, I resigned, moved to Adelaide, and for about two years I really struggled just trying to find a local church. You know, I I didn't want to pastor church. I didn't want to be in a local church that I could be an evangelist out of. Um, and it was a real struggle. And I got, I was so borderline of just giving up the whole church idea, saying, look, you know, forget church. I love God. I love sharing the gospel, but church, just, just forget it, you know. Um, praise God. I didn't do that. Um, um, and, um, just by a matter of chance, I, I met this, um, wonderful couple that passed as a, a local church and I, um, after after several years, I started relating to this couple. And look, you, you know, um, so the church I'm in now just recognises the fact that I am called as an evangelist. They don't stop me from going out onto the streets or doing what I need to do. They give me ministry opportunities. Um, but at the same time, I'm very supportive of the church because I need the church. I, you know, mm-hmm. I love the church. I love my home church, you know, um, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, in all that, in In saying all that, I still am um, an ordained credentialed pastor, even though I don't essentially like the title as an evangelist. I think the minute I say pastor, people think I'm a pastor. Well, I'm recognized as a pastor, but I'm more of an evangelist.
0: Yes. I think it's great what you're doing, Bruce. And and I think one of the keys that you've brought out in this and your call is relationship. Having Absolutely. a relationship with with your pastors and, and that's uh, something that I would want to encourage as well. It, it actually takes time. Sometimes as evangelists we just want to, you know, we might come to a new church and we just expect everything to be laid on for us and we expect the pastors to get into behind us and, and you know, give us the pulpit or whatever, but maybe it takes time to build relationship. Uh, with
2: yeah, and that is one one of the keys. You know, and one of the problems with lone rangers is they cut all those relationships, and then yes. no one relates to them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, but they don't know and relates because they've cut those relationships. You know, yeah. um, and as an evangelist, we can't afford to cut those relationships. We mm-hmm. need them.
0: Yep.
1: Bruce, let's keep you on uh, just for a moment uh, just to talk through the issues of humility that have to take place not mm. only uh, with the evangelists to humble themselves to actually come under the covering of that pastor uh, the pastor also has to have a level of humility too we have to be able to acknowledge one another's giftings, don't we?
2: Uh, yeah, we do look, I, I know as an evangelist sometimes when when I've actually the churches I know that um, i 'll make a far better evangelist than a pastor in, you know i 've got people that want me to come you know when I was passing church people want me to come around for a cup of tea and talk about the day their their daily issues whereas i 'd much rather be out on out on the streets and and you know mm-hmm. buying lunch for someone that doesn 't even know Jesus you know sure. um, but that 's just part of those giftings and to understand that we can 't do it all you know mm. um, and I think part of it goes goes back to um. Oh, Many, many years ago, where the pastor was recognised as he's the leader of the church, you know, Mm. Um, uh, rather than understanding that we do have this fivefold ministry, and I believe, as you know, I really believe a healthy church needs each of those fivefold ministries um, um, active in the church, you know. Mm. Um, And I, you know, I, I believe God can do that, you know. If a church wants to open itself up, so you know, pastors need to understand that. They can't do everything, and evangelists need to understand they can't do everything. We actually need each other, you know. And look, one of the things, you know, I love it when when I see people come come to the Lord, and I baptise them and all that. But one of the things I try to do, not long after after I do that, is is I try to get them into a local church. Mm. Um, the best way I can put that is you get some, when, when someone gives their life to the Lord, they're just like a new baby. Now, what new baby doesn't have a family? If a new baby doesn't have a family, that new baby doesn't grow. That new baby doesn't get fed. That new baby needs that family. And that's how I see the local church. It is that family and these evangelists out there saving people. But we need to be able to see them come and be get into a local family.
1: Well, Bruce from Adelaide, just great hearing your heartbeat. And we are going to continue our heart-to-heart conversation talking about this. Just great input today. Really appreciate your uh, – do you want to give your own local church a bit of a plug here? Which church are you a part of there in Adelaide?
2: Um, yeah, I'm with Life Force Christian Outreach Centre in Golden Grove. And if I can give you my website for the evangelism side as well, I'd love to. <laughs>
1: well, um, yep, just quick very quickly.
2: Not a problem. I run two websites. The first one is, is faith FaithWorks, F-A-I-T-H-W-R-O-R-K-S, faithworks.net.au. That's all about the evangelism ministry I run. And the other one I run is a website called findjesus.com.au, which is a website I put on a lot of our gospel traps and stuff because it just simply gives people the gospel.
1: Well, Bruce, great input today. Thanks so much for that. Great to have you as part of 2020. It's Neil with you. It is the Monday edition of 2020. We're talking about evangelism this hour and a heart-to-heart conversation with evangelism trainer Stu Miller. His organization's called Train to Proclaim. You can be a part of our conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. What do you think about Lone Ranger evangelists or even Lone Ranger Christians how should the different parts of the local church work together? You may be a part of a local church. You may be a Lone Ranger Christian in that sense of not being a part of a church, but you maintain a, a strong Christian faith, perhaps even just listening in onto uh, the radio here. Uh, but you can be a part of our conversation today. Let us know your thoughts on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Stu Miller, let's talk about uh, this idea of evangelism. Not everybody who will be listening to our conversation now is in that office of evangelist. Mm -hmm. Uh, They uh, look at their local church and they go, oh, everything looks fine to me. And there's the pastor and he does his thing on Sunday Mm -hmm. and preaches a great message. In fact, you know, families are cared for. All sorts of good things are happening. The person who is, you know, sitting in the the local church, Mm -hmm. they're not actually an evangelist. Uh, they're yep. not the pastor. Uh, what are they thinking about our conversation now, as we're discussing these things in a heart-to-heart way?
0: Well, I think um, th- there's a lot of misunderstanding in the church about evangelism. I mean, because there's been a number of different gift courses that you, that have been run in churches, uh, uh, you know, where you've got the different manifestation or motivational gifts based on uh, Romans twelve and First Corinthians twelve. People sort of say, "Well, this is my gift, and my gift's in succession, or my gift's, you know, this or that, or I've got the gift of tongues, or I've, you know, got this or that," and and so people sort of uh, like to to sort of box everything out like that. But unfortunately, evangelism is put in that gift as well, uh, in in these gift courses, and and it's normally to to tailor for the people who have this passion to reach out with the gospel, and they're going, "Oh, well, that must be a gift," but unfortunately, when you make it a gift or say it's a gift, then then other people who say, "Well, let's, you know, that's okay. That's for the people with the gift. It's not for me," and they isolate themselves from that responsibility of sharing the gospel. But it's actually a command of Christ. I mean, I've been offering a thousand dollars for any Christian who can find anywhere in the Bible that evangelism is a gift. I'm not broke yet. I've never. <laughs> okay, let's <I've> never...
1: <laughs> let's dwell on this for a moment here because then you've just got everyone's attention because uh, we've been talking about the gift of the office of evangelist. Yes. Uh, you know, when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to the church. Yes. Uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, That's pastors and teachers uh, yes. for the equipping of the saints to do the yes. work of the ministry. So, yes. uh, so we're not talking about that gift. No. We're talking about evangelism being something special that individual people are supposed to be doing if they feel or if they recognize they're gifted. What you're saying here is that when you're looking in the Bible, that evangelism isn't the gift. That's what we're supposed to all be doing.
0: That's a it's a universal command of Christ. It's a, it's what we're all called to do. There is no special gift of evangelism. It's just not in the Bible. <laughs> I'm sure someone's got a version of the Bible that will say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never I've never seen it, and I've never been challenged on it. Okay, well, and uh, I mean, it's just it's a bit like love, Neil. I mean, you know, Jesus said, "Love one another." You know, and imagine if someone said, you know, some people are more loving than others. And if you were to look at them and say, well, hey, look, you know, maybe they've got the gift of love. You know, I don't really need to love people because I don't have that gift. You know, it's for other people who who have got the love gift. You'd say that's ridiculous. You know, we're, we're all called to love one another. It's a universal conveyor. This is what we're supposed to do. You know, serving. You know, let's say afterwards, Neil, you said, can you help me with some shares? And I go, serve? I don't serve. I'm an evangelist, Neil. I'm not called to serve. I don't have the gift of service. You'd say, what an arrogant guy. Uh, we're all called to serve. You know, We're all called to give. We're all called to, to pray. We're all called to, to love. There's a whole lot of things that we're all called to give, and one of them is we're all called to share the gospel. I mean, it was Jesus' last words before he left earth: "Go into all the world and preach the gospel." He didn't say, you know, to the over 500 people who are present there. Oh, by the way, this is a special ministry uh, message just for those with the ministry of evangelism or gift of evangelism. It's just everyone, else, just, just be quiet for a minute and and don't worry about what I'm saying. Now, he he commanded all his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And in the early church, Neil, we know that that the disciples they went out and they shared the gospel. It was it was if you were a Christian, that's just what you did, you know. Like it says in Acts, and every day and from house to house and in the temple, they did not cease teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that's just what the, the early disciples did. If you weren't sharing the gospel you'd be considered a wacko. Like You're just maybe even unsaved. You're not not even saved. Why aren't you going out and talking about Jesus? Why aren't you out knocking on doors? Why aren't you out on the streets telling people about Jesus? It was a normal part of Christianity. Whereas in today, if you're out on the streets or knocking on doors, most a lot of Christians in the church will think you're a wacko. And that's pretty sad. Okay, let me just... Uh hold you there for a moment
1: sure. because I'm a Christian and I'm part of a local church but sure. I don't share the gospel very often I might be this sort of person who's listening to us now in our conversation Sure, uh, is it the case that it may be the reason why that person doesn't share the gospel is because they haven't been exposed to this gift of evangelist, that this evangelist has been off doing the Lone Ranger thing and they haven't been able to take them through some uh, even low-level training program that might actually get people to a level of
0: confidence where they can uh, confidently share the gospel with a friend. And that's why this discussion today is so important, Neil, because if we can't bridge this gap and we don't get evangelists in every church motivating, equipping, empowering uh, Christians to be able to share the gospel more effectively, then everyday Christians and churches will just... They just go on with life. They just it, its its a void in their Christian life. It's, uh, you know, Campus Crusade for Christ statistics say in the Western Church only two percent of Christians regularly share their faith. Now, if this is the Great Commission, if the Gospels the power of God for salvation for for everyone who believes, this is an incredibly powerful message we've got to get out there. And only a very few people were doing it. That, that's a massive crisis. And part of the reason for this crisis is that there's this a division between the evangelist and the pastor that we haven't dealt with as a church and if you're listening to this today and you're going you know what I'm, I'm not a pastor I'm not an evangelist I'm in a church go and talk with your pastor and say where's the evangelist ask the question why haven't we had some training on how to share the, our faith it's so important well, I want to share my faith and, and and most Christians have got a deep desire to communicate their faith but how do you do it? How do you create an opportunity? When you do have an opportunity, what do you say and how can you say it in a way that without using all of our Christianese jargon? I suspect there's a lot of Christians
1: who feel uncomfortable about mm. sharing their faith. Yeah. Probably because they haven't had some very basic training as mm, to how definitely. to uh, how to effectively share
0: uh, your faith without actually being embarrassed. Yes, absolutely. And and I want to make myself personally available. You can contact me via our website, train2proclaim.com. Uh, just go to the contact form there, get in touch. I would love to come to your church and, and run a training event on evangelism. It doesn't matter where you are in the country. We, I just If there's people that are keen to learn to share the gospel, I want to be there and help equip. Uh, the other thing that you can do, is if you have a smartphone is to go to the app store whether it be android or iphone and doesn't matter whether it's a tablet or a phone works on both uh, go to the app store and type in gospel in seven gospel i n and the number seven and you'll find our app the g7 app and it makes it easy to share the gospel a biblical perspective on life culture and current events this is 2020
1: on australia's vision radio network It's Neil with you on 2020, our talkback line open 1-800-316-316 talking about evangelism. Stu Miller, our guest, he's from Train to Proclaim and he says he'll travel anywhere that anyone will listen to him when it comes to uh, being an evangelist, training for evangelism. Uh, Stu, not every church will recognize that there are people who are gifted and uh, I guess you've got a message for people who are in those churches about uh, getting something from
0: somewhere because this is a priority. Absolutely, it has got to be priority in our churches and, and we've, we can't just sign it because it's a hard thing to do. We need to, to say, look, how can, as pastors and leaders of churches, we've got to say, how can we equip and empower our people so that they feel comfortable to create opportunities to share the gospel and then to clearly articulate the historic gospel message?
1: You've got a message for pastors. You've also got a message for people who do feel
0: as though they are uh, evangelists. What's your message for them? For the evangelists, I would say this. I would say work with your local church. Be committed to a local church. Work under the authority of a local church. That's going to take humility. You'll need to humble yourself. You'll need to sit down with your pastor. Go and have a coffee. Build relationship. I think it was key what Bruce talked about earlier from, from Adelaide get to know your pastors, let them get to know you, let them get to know your heart and uh, work with them. They would be delighted, I'm sure, uh, if you build relationship with them and submitted under the authority of the church to work with you to uh, to empower their people to be more active in sharing the gospel. You want pastors to make this a priority? Uh, mm-hmm. Get an evangelist. Uh, yep. Whether
1: you've got one in your church already or bring one in from the outside to yep. train your people to be able mm-hmm. to share their faith. Uh, to evangelists, we Within the local church, you're saying humble yourself, get a relationship with the pastor, work with the pastor, and don't try and be off doing your own Lone Ranger thing. That's right. Uh, and, and just quickly, uh, your uh, in a nutshell message to people who are in the local church and looking at the action and perhaps like, like a tennis match, you know, of oh, the pastor,
0: the evangelist, uh, how, something's not working here. What should I be doing? Well if if you're in that situation I would be talking with your pastor and saying look uh you know we need to share the gospel I I personally don't know how to share the gospel very well maybe that's your situation and you say look I'd like some training can you can, is there an evangelist in our church or can we bring someone in that can help equip me so I can be better at sharing with my family my friends my workmates my my, my neighbors because I want to be better at communicating this incredible message Of the gospel. And uh, if if more people went to their pastors and said, look, I'd like to do this, I think there'd be a a, a greater awareness amongst pastors that this needs to be a priority. Uh, And it needs to be an ongoing thing. You don't say, hey, look, you know, seven years ago I did an evangelism course, so I'm okay." Uh, We should be doing this every year. We should be uh, learning a variety of different tools. We should be, you know, uh, always being uh, equipped and encouraged and motivated to share the gospel.
1: We're taking calls. Our talkback line open, one eight hundred 316 Let's take a call from this listener. Hello, welcome along to 2020. What's your name?
3: Hello, am I on? Yes, you're on. Yeah, I want to stay this That's what I said to what's going on. Um, look, I've been in the church a while. What concerns me is... Um, they protect a lot of people in in the church from end time stuff and the new world order and that. You know, you talk to them about that, or you get witnessing. They don't want to know if They just push you aside or put you out the door. Now, when I'm finding them, I'm witnessing out in the streets, and I'm finding people are a lot more open out in the streets than what they are in the church, and I'm very very surprised about it. Now, um, the other week. The Lord told me to go somewhere, and I'm talking to these two blokes. I thought they were Muslims, and they were Sikhs, and um, I confronted, has anybody in your religion been in the kingdom of heaven? That's where I said no, you know, and they looked at each other. And I said, look, I've been in the kingdom. I explained a lot to to them and all that, and I could see the Holy Spirit was really, convicting them and I thank God he used me and they were really interested in what I had to say about signs and wonders God provided and all that. And
1: you, what you're talking was, about here is the content of the things that you are sharing and things that people are picking up on in church life the sorts of teachings we're often seeing taught on a Sunday people are actually interested in those things when you're talking to them on the street is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah that's right and if we talk to them in, in the church they wrap them in cotton wool. They don't want to know it. They want to protect them from the end times stuff and that. You know, and I'm very troubled with, they don't want to know that the new world order and all that. All right, let's hear
1: Let's hear some thoughts from Stu Miller. Uh, Stu, your thoughts on what this caller is saying?
0: Well, I, I think um, there's a couple of things that, that goes through my mind. One, one is that, uh, I think a lot of people in the church would be really surprised to know how open people are on the streets or, or out in the in the world. When you talk to a random stranger, you know, often in our minds as Christians, we think, man, they're just going to tell us to F off. They, they don't want to know. People, people don't want us to, you know, push their religion, our religion on them. And that's the, the sort of sentiment that we have. But it's actually not really real. And and you're finding this as, as one of the listeners, and I find it as well, that when you talk to people, there is actually uh, a degree of spirituality. People actually do want to know. They do want to discuss. Uh, if you do it in the right way, if you're pushy and, and just want to tell people how it is, uh, they'll Likely to tell Ballatives. you where to go. <laughs> yep. Yep. See you later, mate. But if you're gentle and loving in your approach and and the way that you do it is is good, I find the app just works really, really well, and people are so interested uh, because it's so you know it's interactive and it's and it's visual and and uh, and it's short. It doesn't take an hour to go through, uh, so people really uh, respond really positively that for that, and I think that's a bit of a surprise for a lot of people in the church. As far as as far as end times stuff, I guess in the church there's you know there's different theologies, there's different um, ways of thinking about the end times, and there's disagreement on the on those sort of doctrines, and so you're not always going to get agreement uh, with Christians, and and not everyone's going to be super uh, you know uh, worried about the end times. They may, may think it's already happened. They may may think it's a long way away. Uh, so there's differences of opinion, but. I guess if, if you're able to use the end time stuff that, and you're talking to people and that's creating an awareness for those out on the street and, and you can use that as a platform to share the gospel, which we've got to remember is our goal, is to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And if you're able to do that, then that's fantastic.
1: Thank you so much to that caller. I appreciate you being part of 2020 today. You can call us 1-800-316-316. That's 1-800-316-316. I do find uh, the people who are often uh, motivated to be on the streets talking to strangers mm-hmm. uh, do like to uh, get into end times conversations. Is this always a good start? Or are there other ways that we ought to be talking about the the challenges that we face in the world? Sometimes I think about you know the rise of secularism, uh, some of the social challenges that we're facing today with marriage and those sorts of things. Mm. These might be an equally uh, or even more powerful way to start a conversation.
0: Well, I think in the in the context of a relationship that you have with someone at, at your sports club or your neighbours or you know a number of different things, when you've got more time to talk about some of these. Uh, you know, sort of issues and philosophies, I would say that that would be the context that I would talk about those things more often. But when I'm out on the street, I just keep it to the gospel. So I don't want to take too much of someone's time. And so what time I do have with them I think is valuable and I really want to spend that time communicating the gospel and then having them have have an opportunity to dialogue with them to see if there's any barriers for them coming to faith in Christ. Because I don't want to spend all my time convincing them that the end is nigh uh, or, you know, like, oh, this is happening in the world and this is happening and this has been prophesied and this, you know, and all about that when their personal salvation is my primary goal. Uh, You know, I want to I want to communicate the gospel for that reason, which
1: is why your G7 app, the gospel in seven is obviously quite useful and valuable because uh, you're not wasting a lot of time for the people who are. Hearing your presentation of the gospel. We're taking calls 1 800 316 316. Let's hear from Troy, who is in Port Elliott. Hello, Troy. Welcome along to 2020. What are your thoughts?
2: G'day. How are you, how are you going? Very good. That's good. Um, i just, um, as you know, from my walk, um, I think I rang up a few months ago and uh, talked to you about, um, yeah, that until I actually had, had read it in Romans 12.6 about the seven redemptive gifts and then um, knowing how God had made me and 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 working through through that, it actually helped me to be who I am who how God made me in in Christ
1: yeah so identifying those spiritual gifts uh, actually helps you to get a focus on what you do as a Christian
2: yeah yeah because we're you know we're all part of an army and you've got to know your job in the army you know
1: that's right you' honest too.
0: Oh, definitely, and uh, you know, whether it's different roles in the army or different parts of the body, it's all the same sort of thing. That we we are all different, we are gif- gifted differently, and we need to work together for that greater purpose. But, but what is the greater purpose that we're working towards? What is the what is the war that the army's in? <laughs> what are we warring over? Uh, I believe it's we're warring over the souls of men and women for the glory of God. We 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 we're, 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 we're warring against the enemy to bring more souls into the kingdom of God, into heaven forever. And we've got to keep our eyes on that. And and rather than just uh, sort of say, well, I'm gifted this and I'm gifted in that, we've got to say, well, look, we're all gifted differently, but we are supposed to be working together as a body of Christ towards that goal troy from
1: port Elliot, thank you so much for being part of 2020 today our talk back line one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 perhaps time for another call or 2 one 1-800-316-316 let me take you back Stu, to a conversation we had a long time ago where we crunched some numbers yes uh, you are good at crunching numbers i must say but uh, we were talking in the context uh, some time back now, about friendship evangelism, the idea that, well, I'd befriend someone and then I have sure. an opportunity to share the gospel. Uh, let's go through some of those numbers again because uh, if we crunch the numbers, uh, there's just not enough for the job that is ahead of us.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you were to look at uh, Australia, yeah, around about 23 million people, Uh, if you were to say how many of those are Christians now there's a lot of people who on the census day tick the Christian box because their grandmother was an Anglican or you know apparently we're Catholics or we're whatever Uh, but don't necessarily say look I'm a Christian or don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ so I mean there's different sort of figures floating around but you could probably say that there's around about a million Christians in Australia that have a have a personal relationship with Jesus and I you know are dedicated and and surrendered to him. Now if that was the case Um, and you said, well, look, you know, the way to reach Australia was through friendship evangelism. Now, I've got no problems with friendship evangelism. If you're making friends with people and sharing the gospel, that is fantastic. You've got ongoing follow-up with them. They get to see your life. Uh, You get to demonstrate Christ as well as share. It's not just a one-off on the street. You know, there's a lot of advantages to that relationship, but there is some limitations, and that is that Um, I often ask in churches, and and we've trained people from over 100 different denominations. I've been a full-time evangelist over 20 years. And uh, I often ask the question, you know, who here uh, has at least five non-Christian friends that they've got a relationship with and are sharing the gospel with? Put up your hand in church. And normally there's about two hands that come up. Mm. So there's not many Christians that are doing that. But imagine that every one of those million Christians in Australia was doing that. Well, how many people are we going to reach? A million. Well, five million five. with those million. Who's going to reach the other 18 million? That's right. Yes. You know, we've got a problem.
1: We, and even, we, even if you extend the numbers, because, you know, people argue over how many Christians sure. there are. And, uh, you know, yep. and the, some of the statistics would say there are 10% of Christians, mm-hmm. uh, 10% of Australians who actually go to church uh, at once, sure. uh, once a month. Then uh, if you extend that out to the census figures, there could be sure. 11.5 million Christians in Australia. So uh, all these numbers... Uh, significant, but two, obviously... 2.3 million? Eh? <laughs> uh, t- uh, 10%? Uh, no, when we talk about the, you know, the 63% who'd tick the box. Oh, who'd tick know, the uh, box as well. So well, that's a real extension, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> if we get to uh, sharing the gospel with one person, if uh, if all of those people became evangelistic, uh, then that would make a big difference. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, uh, but taking those lower uh, conservative figures that you're mm, talking about, mm. uh, there's not a hope of actually reaching every Australian under those figures. Is and it, so...
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Australians that don't know a committed Christian. And um, there's a, because there's so little evangelism going on, there's not a lot of hope of th- those Australians actually hearing the gospel unless someone goes out on the street or knocks on their door or goes beyond a, f- a friendship.
1: Let's hear from Paul in East Gippsland. Hello, Paul. Welcome along. You'll need to be quick. Hi. No, yep, not a problem. Paul, what are your thoughts? Uh,
2: look, I... I. I uh, You probably could call me a bit of a lone ranger because uh, the church I was in prior to where I've just moved a couple of years, about a year or two years ago, uh, in the last church, the minister didn't believe that you should mention the word hell at all. And, uh, like, I I, uh, evangelise quite a lot of people. I've got a real heart for people. I I talk about the love of Jesus more than anything and, uh, you know, how he died for us and all that. But he said that... uh, you know, you'll scare people off mentioning hell. And I say, well, if they don't know there's a, you know, a punishment, you know, it's, it's just a one-sided thing. They won't feel they need to uh, be saved, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Your thoughts well, I, quickly. I just
2: go and do it because I find that the, the minister tries to discourage you from,
0: you know, mm. mentioning the whole gospel, you know? Well, I, th- I think it's a shame that, that, that people think that way because what are what we saved from? You know, if we we don't mention hell, it's sort of like you know Jesus will save you from. Well, there's no consequence. You know, like people, you know, are smart. They 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 know there's got to be a consequence, otherwise they're just not interested. Unless you you know that you sort of think, why do I need a savior? And a good illustration that I've used in the past with people saying the same things to me is uh, imagine that you're sitting on a train tracks. You've got your iPod in, you're listening to your, to your, you know, uh, your music, you're reading a magazine, and um, you're totally unaware that there's a train coming behind you and it's going to run you over. Now, if I run over to you and I go, oh, I don't really want to scare you. I don't want to use scare tactics. I don't want to tell you about the train. I say, hey, just come over to the grass. It's nice over here. It's really lovely. You know, We've got to do more than that. We've got to say, hey, there's a train coming. <laughs> and that's why I believe we should also talk about hell as well. We need to let people know the truth. Paul from East
1: Gippsland, haven't got any uh, further time to talk, but thank you so much for being part of 2020 today. Stu, uh, just heading up to the news now, Uh, really good talking to you about this topic and it just opens up so many more topics that we will no doubt have an opportunity to talk about through the year. Uh, Just to mention, the app is the G7 app. It's called Gospel in Seven. So if you were to uh, Google Gospel in Seven. You'd be able to download the app from Stu Miller. Train to Proclaim. If you wanted to book Stu, uh, you go to Train to Proclaim, and Stu says he'll travel anywhere. There's a lot of people listening to us in very isolated places. I hope you can be a man of your word, <laughs> Stu Miller. Great talking to you. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. You're welcome. Thank you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.